As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the Athletic for $3.99 a month. With me, it's my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. We have a champion, the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Our NBA Bucks. champions. Wow. That is, uh, it's one of the more impressive runs that I've seen. One in that they were one of the worst watches in the NBA playoffs up until the finals. Uh, and it seemed like there's just so many places. And you you need luck, right? Like, you need luck to get here. Uh, but, like, they go down to the Hawks. They're, they look like they're toast against the Nets and end up winning both series and... Giannis looks like he's about to be just absolutely finished for maybe even a calendar year. And he comes back and has one of the most dominant performances in the NBA Finals I have ever seen. I have That game six, I don't remember the last time that I've seen one player just turn the entire game like that. Uh, it was astonishing. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was up there with 2018 Game One, LeBron. Even though he didn't win, um, and for me, that final. You know that the thing's still going. Do you know the intro is still going? <laughs> oh, it is. You don't <laughs> like the song? Well, no, I like it, but I was like, how long is this intro going to be? <laughs> it's going to go for another 24 seconds. Just, li- just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Uh, I was going to say, you know, people had their doubts about this finals, and. For me, it started in game four with the Giannis block. And for him to go back yeah. to back to back with the block, the alley-oop, and then the 50-point game, it was mm-hmm. one of those times when you feel like you're watching something, like you're watching an important moment historically. And it, it was I haven't, I haven't really felt that way since 2016 finals. I remember watching game seven, Cavs versus Warriors, and that was the last time where I felt like this is substantial historically what I'm watching right now. Because, you know, we've had other, I mean, like, people might throw out, like, 2017 KD Game 3, but there Mm -hmm. there weren't the stakes at that time, you know? Like, the Bucks were down 2-0, and we hadn't written them off, but we also had had David Aldridge on, and we're talking on Slam and Jam about already talking about like Chris Paul's legacy if they won, and yeah. for the Bucks to completely reverse that, win four in a row, and the way that Giannis did it, I mean, it, it was it was it was really special. Like it, it felt important it watching it last night. Yeah, this feels like the start of something for Giannis. I mean, like remember how young he is; he's twenty six years old. Uh, this feels like the start of something for him. And hopefully they continue to put good pieces around Giannis to 
to get him back to the finals and back on that stage again because he was so much fun to watch. And for Thunder fans, I think it was really cool to see a player, especially when you're at this stage of a rebuild where you're just starting, like you're just starting to build a team. And to see a player that was drafted by a smaller market carry his team from, and remember like he and Middleton played for like 15 win teams, like some of the worst teams in the league. You know, they picked second in the draft and got Jabari Parker with those two guys on the team. You know, they experienced everything together. And so it was, it's really cool to see that happen with a guy going from bottom of the barrel with the team, drafted 15th overall, all the way to the NBA title. I think it's really, really cool uh, to see that. And for a team that is in a small market like OKC, where your hopes are to get a star, to keep them, and to someday compete for a title, I think it's really good for these younger guys to see how meaningful that it is to do that because it you tweeted it like it just means it really does mean more to do it this way and you saw like with Kevin like Kevin Durant you could even tell that like it didn't it didn't mean everything he thought it would he thought it would do something different you know for him and, to and go that's, win the title with and Golden that's because State. Like, it, it does mean something different for certain players like Dirk 2011 yeah. LeBron 2016 going back Dwayne Wade 2006 like when those guys are drafted by their own team have repeated failures in the playoffs and finally break through with the city and the team that believed in them initially like it it's it cements your legacy like you you mentioned yep. it being the start of something for Giannis it very well may be even if it isn't like even if he never gets back to the finals like his legacy is secure like in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. in the in the city that actually matters for for Giannis, like his legacy is secure permanently, like statue, retired, like everything, like he is going to be forever remembered in that city, and that you just like can't put a price on that. It is it is just mm-hmm. the perfect story, and we don't get to see stories like that a lot. I mean, I was trying to think of like my favorite rings. And I do mm-hmm. think like 2016 LeBron is probably my favorite ring just because of the degree yeah. of difficulty, you know, coming back from oh, 3-1 against the best regular season team of all time. And yes. I'm, I'd probably put Dirk 2011 second, but I, I would consider Giannis 2021 there as well um, because they both yeah. had to come back from 0-2. I think that the Mavs team as a whole might have been a better team but I think the Bucks had the better like second and third stars. Um, oh yeah, without a doubt, there there was nobody as good as Middleton on those Mavs teams. Yeah, but like that—that's the like caliber of ring that I'm like considering this with. Like that's where I'm thinking yeah. about this ring of at least my lifetime. Yeah, yeah, I I don't disagree with that at all. <clears throat> um, I mean, yeah, within. Every everybody else was some kind of super team outside of like San Antonio, right? Yeah, and, and you know it's funny. San Antonio built like that dynasty from scratch too, which is cool. Yeah, one that I didn't include, and when I think about it, I don't think of it this way. But 2015 Steph, like why yeah. do I why do I not think of it the same way? Because I really should. Like 2015 Steph regular season was like incredible. Like broke the game basically that year. Mm-hmm. That that was the year mm-hmm. when it started to turn. And mm-hmm. the way they jumped from, you know, they had had some playoff successes. I think they'd made it to a second round. Um, but I should probably think of yeah. Steph 2015 that way as well. Yeah. Kevin just muddied those waters so much that it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to figure out what's what. He did. And I also, think, I also think like Steph not winning finals MVP is not like a knock on Steph. It's more symbolic of like that Warriors team and system. It was like more about that. Yeah at the time than it was necessarily just Steph. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it was I mean, it was awesome last night. And seeing Giannis in the postgame press conference talk about and he used the he didn't I don't know if he said the hardest road, but he said the hardest way, um, talking about his decision to yeah. stay in Milwaukee and try to win a championship. Yeah. 
and specifically saying like I could have gone join another team. He was like, I, I don't want to. He basically said like I don't want to put anyone on blast because he was about to name a team. I would have loved to hear what he just was about to say. Um, yeah, but he, he said like I could have done that and I could have played my role and won a championship, but I wanted mm-hmm. to do it this way, and f it, I did it. It, it was just like such a cool moment. To get paid it, it off is. for that, for that kind of commitment. I mean, that's what Dame Lillard wants. Yes. That's what Russ wanted. Like, that's what yes. those guys want to do, and it is so hard to do. And that's why it's it there's only a couple you can compare it to because it is so rare. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the perfect it's, ring. It is, and it's so important for these young guys to see it. You know, it's really important because the thing about the Thunders organization is like they're gonna they have a very good, well run organization. <clears throat> excuse me, that players love. And so if they can build something here that's meaningful, I think seeing that happen where it wasn't the Nets winning the title, right? I mean, the Suns could have been a similar story. Like we could have we could even we could craft a lot of these same stories around Devin Booker, you know, who could have demanded a trade to go elsewhere, whatever. Uh the Giannis one, I don't know, for for whatever reason just rings a little differently. Just because we he just went through free agency, and well, could have gone to the Heat or something like that, and also because he had similar to Dirk and similar to the Cavs as an organization had had multiple failures. Like this is the this is yeah. the Suns' first year in the playoffs, you know exactly. And maybe yeah. this will be right. part of their story right. if they ever get back to it. But I mean, Giannis had some failure, or the Bucks had some failures in the playoffs that made everyone like not trust them at all. And yeah. so, and, oh, and it was fans, the same with their Dirk. fans had had this had that saying: "Never trust the Bucks." Yeah, That's, the the fans said that, yeah. and it it was the same with Dirk. I mean, people talked so much crap on Dirk in those years mm-hmm. between '06 and '11, and it just always felt like he's just never going to break through. Like, how is this one guy ever going to break through? And then when it happens, nothing else matters. It's like all that stuff washes it, away forever. Yeah, and Coach Bud. Being like the punchline <laughs> of like everything for forever. Like he's got a title. And I really don't want to hear it about Coach Bud anymore because he did a good job in that final series. They made adjustments. They they did everything that he they said that he wouldn't do. And I don't know. The way they use Giannis, they changed that. Giannis accepted whatever role they wanted him to play and he thrived in it. You know, he could have just said, "Let's just put the ball in Giannis's hands and let him go to work," and that's what that's what got them in trouble over and over and over again. But yeah, and and so much of the criticisms of the Bucks were really about their shooting, and that yeah. honestly held true. Like <laughs> Drew Holiday still couldn't hit anything. Yeah, last night it was all the same. But Giannis going, I think it was seventeen for nineteen from the free throw line in that game. Like I just never seen anything like that. That that yeah. the way his free throws got talked about this off season, I mean that honestly would have been like Ben Simmons just going on like some crazy scoring run. Like it was that unbelievable yeah. that he just kept hitting them. So yeah, it was yeah. it was awesome. It was an awesome series overall, and it was it was a great game. And I felt like the right team won, and yep. it it felt good historically. Like it felt like yes, this matters historically. What I just watched, yeah. 50, 14, two assists, five blocks. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. I think I looked it up last night. I think it's like six guys who have done it. Um, and only a couple of those have been in a win. So it was, yeah, yeah that, that is a memorable performance. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. All right, anything else on the finals, Al, before we move uh, on to some draft scuttlebutt? No, I think that was about it. Okay. All right, let's do it. Draft scuttlebutt. Uh, first of all, someone asked, uh, I think it was Ross B. and someone else, asked the origin of scuttlebutt. And Andrew, did you know that the scuttled butt, two words, scuttled butt, used to be a, uh, a, a like big water container that they would keep on the deck of the ship that would collect rainwater? And, mm. and then people would gather around the scuttled butt and uh, exchange mm. some gossip. So it was like the water cooler... Of the old, it is the, of the old pirate days, or just regular shit. Wow, days. wow, yeah. So that's scuttlebutt. <laughs> it's hilarious that people still use that phrase. It's a great, it's a great word. word. 
Um, okay, so we had multiple mocks drop, drop today. We're still waiting on Kevin O'Connor. Maybe he'll drop any minute. But we got Sam Vecini, and we got Jonathan Wasserman from uh, Bleacher Report. So I've gone through and picked out some little nuggets that may be relevant to the Thunder. So we'll start with Sam Vecini at The Athletic. Pick number four for Toronto. Sam says, Sources certainly believe the Raptors are indeed considering Scotty Barnes in addition to the mm-hmm. consensus top four names. Additionally, this pick is thought to be available for the right price in a trade-down scenario. I thought, I mean, we, we knew the Scotty Barnes thing, and actually this morning he, uh, he had an Instagram post in Toronto. He's working out for Toronto today. So yeah. we kind of knew that aspect. He still mocked Jalen Suggs to the Raptors, but I thought the more interesting part was that this pick is thought to be available for the right price. Just because, yeah, I mean, we had heard that, that early on, but then it felt like all the trade-down scenarios kind of died down. And so that, that kind of got me excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if the uh, if the right price is multiple first-round picks, well, then I think that that's something that the Thunder could could accommodate. And this is where, like, getting the fifth pick would have been so great. Because if it, if it is true that they end up liking Scotty Barnes and identify him as their guy. I know. They could just move down to five, swap it, whoever gets, you know, you could get Jalen Suggs at four, and it would be great. But being at six obviously complicates that because he does have the Orlando Magic taking Scotty Barnes. And he's about Barnes. He said, "Multiple, multiple teams I've spoken with actually have Barnes as a top four prospect in this class ahead of Suggs, Green, or Mobley, like in one of those scenarios. I don't necessarily love the roster fit here, but the player simply ticks all the boxes Orlando looks for. I believe the Magic are much more likely at this point to select Barnes than Jonathan Kuminga, the other player typically associated with this pick. One other note, don't be surprised if Orlando tries to move up on draft night as the team is thought to like Jalen Suggs. So it feels like that trade is like right there. Like if they like Jalen Suggs and Toronto ends up liking Barnes... There's a 4-5 swap mm-hmm. that makes sense, which sucks for the Thunder. Yes. Yep, it does. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that <Move>. sucks. <laughs> Moving on. So, if and that is starting to feel like more consensus, uh, uh, specifically yeah. Barnes being in the top five. Yes. I. Yes. That is, that is a thing. Yes. Which is so funny. Because, you know, obviously after the draft lottery, Thunder fans are trying to talk themselves into something good happening. It's like, well, this is actually a top six player draft. uh, Yeah, I know. Even in the uh, (laughs) at our draft lottery party, after the Thunder drew six, like everybody's so despondent. There was one person that was like, Scotty Barnes, Scotty (laughs) Barnes. And now we're not even going to get a chance to looking at him like, oh. I know. Now we don't get him. Now we have to. Now we have to figure out. I mean, this to me, the question now is: if the Thunder stay at six, is it Kaminga or Book Knight? And there's a lot of people tying the Thunder to Book Knight, which I can't outright dismiss it. You know, I can't say that that's not real. I I think that it probably is. I think when there's enough people saying it, uh, I think that. It's probably real. You also have to consider there's a reason that information is out there. And the, the information that is distributed to lots of different people is distributed for a reason, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Check it out. Oh, we're both wearing our Brandon uh, Land hats. Yeah, dude. Big shouts to Brandon Land. Cool hat. Uh, there's, there's a reason that that... Uh, book night stuff is being distributed like there's a reason that that we have seen it there's a reason that everybody else is seeing it there's a reason for that and we have to figure out you kind of have to decipher in your own head like what like what's what would be the reason for that uh is it perhaps because maybe orlando really likes him um and or you know and they want to get him at eight you know and they want to get barnes and then you could the Thunder may trade back if they want something. Um, I don't. I don't have any feel for what the Thunder will do. I don't have any feel for what any team thinks about Jonathan Kaminga, and I think they probably don't really have a good feel for it either. 
because I think his few games with the Ignite and then what he did in high school, it just leaves you with more questions than answers. Uh, the only thing that is certain about him is that he looks like an NBA prospect and has flashes of a really nice NBA player. But beyond that, it's just really hard to tell uh, what he's going to be. But my guess is that he will be available at six on draft night. And I think that if he's going to have a chance to make it, OKC is the spot. But I I can't say with certainty that he'll be better than Book Knight. Um, I really I just don't really know. <laughs> I think that, but to me, it does feel like the way that things are shaping up, that that will be the choice that will have to be made is between those two. And I love Moses Moody. We got Tyler Field in here saying Moody Mafia here in our YouTube chat. Uh, I, I I don't I don't I don't think that's being considered that high in the draft, but uh, we could be surprised. Yeah, I think uh, if you go the, you know, the smokescreen route with Book Knight, there are multiple options there because, you know, Sam Vecini has OKC picking Kuminga and says that he's one of the true wild cards of draft night. He says he thinks his range starts at six and lasts till like 11 or 12. So no one really knows what's going to happen with Kuminga. And then he immediately has Golden State taking James Book Knight. So... You could imagine yep. a scenario where OKC puts out this smoke screen because maybe they do like Kaminga, and it's like, well, if this guy's going to fall, we don't think that Golden State's going to take him. We also don't think Orlando's yep. going to take him because taking Barnes and Kuminga, while like that's a lot of talent, that's just I mean, so many bad shooters on one team. How many <laughs> could you collect? And it, so it makes it makes sense for both Golden State or Orlando to want Book Knight. So why not put it out there and maybe you could get a deal like 6 and 18 for 7 and 14 or something like that from mm-hmm. Golden State or maybe you get 8 and something else from Orlando to move down to 8 if you feel like Kuminga's the guy there's really no value in taking him at 6 because we don't believe that the teams behind us w- would take him and for Orlando it would help you jump Golden State who you think probably wants James Booknight and you see yeah. a lot of trades like this way more often in the NFL where like a team just has to jump one team to get the wide receiver they like. And so maybe mm-hmm. that that something like that could be happening here. But yeah, the the James Booknight thing is everywhere now. I mean, even Sam Vecini said the Thunder are notoriously secretive, but the name that has come up most as a potential party crasher in the top six is James Booknight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so it could mean that Maybe the Warriors are like, man, we we love Book Knight. Like we'd like to have him, and the Thunder are like, well, we really like him. And so give us, give us a, like a lottery protected pick, and we'll let you move up. Yeah, and, and can take him. And the the risk, it's like, how far are you willing to go if he's not your guy? And what I always remember is Sam Hinkie drafting Alfred Payton when they had MCW. Which in retrospect, who cares? Yeah. But at the time, it was weird and because MCW was there at the draft and they like interviewed them together. And I feel like I remember MCW just being like so confused about the pick. Yeah. And it was all because yeah. he knew oh, yeah. he knew Orlando he wanted Alfred Payton. He was on the Alfred broadcast. Payton. Yes. It was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, he was on the broadcast. And it was such... It was so weird. It was a ballsy move because it was clear that mm-hmm. Philly didn't want Alfred Payton. And they knew that Orlando like desperately mm-hmm. wanted him. And in return for that, they end up getting a future pick, which I think became Dario Saric. But, you know, mm-hmm. something like that could happen. It's just like, do you have the commitment to go all the way through? Do you, do you trust that one of the two teams behind you desperately wants book night? And are you willing to actually make that selection if you don't have a trade done by draft night? That's, that's the part I don't know yeah. yet. But um, some of the other things, he had an interesting note on Josh Giddy which is that you know, he has a lot of fans in ranges of the draft that aren't his projected range, including Toronto, one of the few teams that actually sent personnel to see him live in Australia. Toronto, like if you want a shred of hope that something weird will happen in the top four, maybe they see Giddy as like, you know, a top four prospect, which I don't think is like 
out of the realm of possibility. I do think it's interesting that it's they not, yeah. went to see him, but I don't think that's mm-hmm. going to happen. Um, okay. One of the, one of the other yeah. things, uh, Davion Mitchell, Samasini says he doesn't think that he's really in the mix until pick 11. Yeah. Which I think is one the way it should be. I thought it was crazy that mm-hmm. he was mocked going seven to uh, Golden mm-hmm. State. So I think it's starting to make more sense to me personally. Um, yeah. And then it's 16 and 18. So he has OKC taking Isaiah Jackson, which you know, we have all heard that being a name associated with the Thunder. And then a new name yeah. at pick number 18, Jared Butler from Baylor. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. I think he makes a ton of sense. He to me, he's very new age thunder. He's got decent size as a guard. He can really pass. He can shoot. He's a really good shooter. Uh, you know, the only thing about him is he's twenty one. He's a junior. That doesn't exactly fit OKC. Uh, but I'm not sure that that matters at eighteen quite as much. So I went back and watched a bunch of him. I. I, I like him better than Davion, I think, just as a guy that fits with Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe in the shooting. I believe the shooting is real. And I I think he's, like, like a very, very nice <coughs> combo guard. Sorry. Uh, I think that he – I think he makes a ton of sense at 18 for, for the Thunder. What – who would you – is there anyone you could, would compare him to? Because initially he feels like more of a complimentary player, like kind of in like a Mikhail Bridges role, or, or is he different than that? I guess he's a little uh, he's bit more smaller. Of a cre- he's a little smaller, and he's, uh, he's a better creator. Uh, I think that he's more of like – I've heard people say like shades of like C.J. McCollum. Oh, okay. But he's a good defensive player, though. Uh, he's a really good one-on-one defender. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, and, th- and I think he can play maybe a little bit more point guard than, than CJ does. So, and he's got a good handle. So, I mean, he's, he's a multi-tooled player. I don't, I honestly don't know why he's as low as he is. Well, it was probably the health stuff, right? I mean, that only recently got cleared up, like in the last week yeah. or so. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I just there's just a lot of players where I'm just like, and some of it's age and potential stuff. So like with Sharif Cooper, like there's like there's just no chance that I would take Sharif Cooper over him or Zaire Williams. Uh, I, I just there's just some guys I just don't get it. Like Jalen Johnson, like I don't. I watched him like I don't get it. Keon Johnson, I would never take Keon over him. I, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't get it. And it's a lot of it is uh, upside, but yeah, I just I don't know. There's a lot of just like theoretical players. A lot of those guys I just named are like three, theoretically like could have the upside of whatever. Right. But they didn't. They haven't. I. I mean, I didn't see it. I didn't see any of it. Uh, Jared Butler won the NCAA championship, you know, as the second best player. And I think that he could end up being the best player uh, from that team. Yeah, he's someone I I guess I have to dive into because, you know, the stories a few weeks ago at the Combine were like, oh, he might have a heart condition. He might not be able to be eligible. Like he might be medically Mm -hmm. red flagged. And just within the last week, that's changed. And now... Vassini has his range in like 15 to 25. Um, yeah. So someone we probably should start considering a lot more. A few other things from yeah. Vassini's mock. One, he had Sharif Cooper dropping all the way to pick number 29. Um, yeah. And as part of that mentioned, which I hadn't realized this, but that he hasn't been invited to the green room, which it feels like everyone has gotten invited to the green room this year. So that does seem yeah. significant. And then in the second round, he has the Thunder taking JT Thor, Trey Mann, and Namias Keita. Yeah. Which, uh, one, again, just shows you the depth of this draft. The fact that like you could even come up with a mock where Trey Mann falls to 36. Because he's someone where yeah. you know a couple weeks ago you would see him at like pick 19 or pick 20. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the biggest Trey Man guy. Neither so, am I. But at pick 36, uh, that's a lot different. That's a lot different calculation. Yeah, it is because he can. I mean, he can really go get his own shot. I mean, that's that's what he is. That's what he does. And the Thunder did not have many of those types of guys. So I don't. I don't know if that's somebody the Thunder would consider. But yeah, at 36, that's fine. Like that's totally fine. So in that scenario, you come away with Kuminga, Isaiah Jackson, Jared Butler, JT Thor, Trey Mann, and Namias Keita. Yeah, I like that. Honestly, I like I, that a lot. With this many picks I've, and, and how much I like this draft, it, it feels like it's going to be hard to come away with like a bad combination of players. Like, I actually am getting to the point where I, I want to be reading more negative things about some guys just so I can – like, not be high on every single guy, not believe in every guy. Yeah. Who who would you, I know? Like yeah. Jalen Johnson, red flag for you. Keon mm-hmm. Johnson, all the Johnsons. Mm-hmm. Any other guys yeah. like mocked in the first round that you just like absolutely would stay away from? For like non uh, like non age reasons, like we we've talked about Chris Duarte and stuff, mm-hmm. but just guys mm-hmm. you would absolutely stay away from. You personally would not draft. I'm I'm not the biggest Cam Thomas believer. I, I just don't think he really fits OKC. Like he's just like scoring only. Uh no defense. I'm I don't think Greg Brown is in the first round of many of these mocks anymore, but if he is, like get him out of here. <laughs> like I wouldn't draft him. I just wouldn't draft him. Uh I am probably I can talk myself into the Zyre Williams archetype. You know, six foot nine can do lots of things, but I would probably just stay away. Yeah, uh, unless you unless the Thunder have like a great workout with him, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, like I really believe in this guy. Let's let's get him in here." Um, hmm. What about like lottery projected guys? Are there any other ones of lottery those guys projected that I that you would avoid? Uh, I mean. I'm probably at the point where I would stay away from Davion just because I think that everybody else is going to be good, you know? Yeah. Uh, which I don't think the Thunder would consider him because he's really short and 23. Um, I don't, I think Jalen Johnson will probably be a lottery pick and like, I just wouldn't draft him. I just wouldn't do it. Like maybe at 34, I would do it, <laughs> but I would not, other than that, I would not draft him. Even at, I don't even know if I'd want him at 18. Um, I just don't really like his game. Uh, and then really like the only other lottery guy that scares me to death is Kaminga. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, that's that would probably be the list. I mean, there's a lot of those guys. I The top four guys, I just have a hard time seeing them fail. I'm also, like the more I've gone back and watched some Scotty Barnes, I, I like him. I think he's going to be... I think he's going to be good, but it is, I don't know. It's really hard to root for guys that can't shoot, you know? <laughs> hey, you, you love Robertson. You love rooting for Robertson. I know. I know, but you really have to, and it, it just takes so much mental energy to be a fan of them, you know? It does for sure. And to have to, have to tell everybody how good they are when, like, the average fan can't understand it. And you're like, but you don't understand. Here's all the things he does. Here's the things that he puts on the table. I know he's taking some stuff off the table, but he puts all of this on the table. And you just have to have just these really difficult conversations based around them. Now, if he shoots, then there's no problems, right? Right. But I just think he's really far away from that. And, you know, I, and I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be good, but he's also just not exactly the, uh, the archetype of player that I would that I would really want or want to root for. Um, like I have a hard team like Franz Wagner and Shengun failing. I have a hard time seeing Giddy just being a failure. Moody, Kispert, I think is at least going to shoot it. Uh, you know that. I don't know, but then like you get to like, Kaminga, it's like, gosh, like I don't know, like I don't know if he does. I don't know if he's good. I don't know. I just. I just don't know. And I don't know about the G League Ignite experience. I feel like that makes it even more confusing because the sample size is limited. 
Uh, I I didn't love the situation with the G League Ignite. Just watching that team, I just uh, they were not a, an enjoyable team to watch at all. I didn't I didn't love the coaching that was being done there. It was just kind of a blah experience. So uh, so Jonathan Wasserman, Bleacher Report also released a mock, and similar to Sam. For Orlando, he said, interest in Scotty Barnes continues to build. Sources say the Magic are a good bet to take him at five if the Raptors pass at number four. So, again, seems like Barnes is not going to be there at six. And then he actually has OKC taking book night. Um, specifically says rival teams believe he may be the favorite for the Oklahoma City Thunder at number six if Scotty Barnes is gone. You always wonder, like, mm-hmm. what information are the rival teams getting from OKC I mean, there's obviously some things as, we, as we've seen with Vrans that you like cannot hide as an organization. Yeah. Like if you if you yeah. work out a guy, they are free to tell anyone. Um, but like beyond that, I wonder what rival teams are specifically hearing. Because in that scenario, mm-hmm. if that's the case, if that's where the source is, then it really seems like a smokescreen that like this information is specifically getting to rival teams, and then that's where the sourcing has come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's again. There's a reason why the information's out there, and it could be correct. Like it just could be just flat out correct information. But a lot of times, especially around this time, we're about a week away from the draft. That there's just so much information out there, and you have to kind of sift through what's real and what's not. Some teams will just straight up tell reporters, "Hey." This is what we want to do, and this is who we like. Right. Or we are definitely taking a wing. We don't know which one, but we're taking a wing. Or we, if I had my choice, I would take this guy. You know, it's teams will do that, and then you have teams like the Thunder that won't do that at all. And so you have to talk around it. And maybe some information will come from an agent. Maybe it will come from the players themselves that work out that will talk to people. Uh, that will say oh, the Thunder told me that they would take me at you know this pick or whatever. Uh, that will happen. So the information on Book Night could be correct. It could be so that they can get an asset out of Golden State and trade back, so they can get Kaminga there. It could be lots of things, but we can't sit back and say with certainty that we know. And then, uh, oh, by the way, uh, Giannis is currently on Instagram Live driving to McDonald's to get a 50-piece McNugget with both of the trophies in his lap. Okay. Uh, Oh, that's great. Let's take a quick break before we get to some more NBA scuttlebutt. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And we're back from that quick break. It's time for some more scuttlebutt. Uh, so just wrapping up the Wasserman mock, he has OKC taking Shingun at 16, which I think would be great value. He has OKC taking Jalen Johnson at 18, which that just feels like one where he like he like kept dropping Jalen Johnson. It's like, well, eventually I have to have some team take him. And then in the second yeah. round, uh, Ayo Dosumu and Aaron Henry. Yeah, Dosumu. Yeah. Aaron, who is Aaron Henry? I don't know. It sounds like a childhood friend of mine. I think he played at Michigan or Michigan State. And then at 55, Yuhan yeah, Yuhan Beggerin. So those guys not as familiar with. Um, yeah. So we have some Twitter questions, though, from people who you know have seen their own scuttlebutt, and they wanted to get our opinion on scuttlebutt mm-hmm. they saw. So first from mm-hmm. SportsFan405, uh, there was a pic of Evan Mobley working out with Steven Adams, where he is significantly taller than mm-hmm. Steven Adams. He just wants to know how much would you give up to get Evan Mobley. We know you love Jalen Suggs. We know you love Cade. What about Mobley? Yeah. How much would you be willing to give up for Mobley? I give up a lot. I mean, I would take Kevin Love from the Cavs and three additional first-round picks, probably. Yeah. I think that's what it would take. And even then, yeah, it, all, all the – like. All the buzz right now is that the Cavs have wanted Mobley all along, and that like that's their pick. Yeah. Three, so. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to see yeah, that happening. I wouldn't but count on that. Yeah, I wouldn't count on that. I. Yeah, I would. I would count on Mobley not being on the Thunder, but I think it'd be cool. He would make the Thunder the wackiest team in the league, and they would be really, really fun. And the reason I like him because I think he'd be an amazing pick and roll partner with Shea. And that's something that's kind of like the last piece yeah, of Shea's would. game that I want to see, like Shea with an elite pick and roll man, because um, he just mm-hmm. hasn't really had that yet. I mean, Steve-O was great, but having like an elite guy like Evan Mobley to grow with, I think, could be really awesome, but seems mm-hmm. unlikely. Uh, Sam Tomlinson mm-hmm. asks, with the report that New Orleans wants to sign Kyle Lowry or a free agent and they need to get off of Adams and Bledsoe's contracts, what's a realistic trade to take them into cap space? So w- a couple weeks ago we were talking about this and I was saying that like I, I can make the case for bringing back Adams, but I really don't want Bledsoe. But I have been it has been brought to my attention that his the second year of his or the final year of his contract, so he has like 18 this year, the next year is only guaranteed to four million, less than four million. Mm. So you mm. could just buy him out for twenty-two million dollars. You take the big hit this year, but who cares? Because you're not. It's going to be a struggle to make it to the salary floor, anyways. And then yeah. it's only four million on your cap the next year. So all of, yeah. all of a sudden, like if they're willing to buy him out, which OKC has never really done that, especially a contract that big. Mm-hmm. But if they are willing to do yeah, it. They won't do it. And could get a asset back, which I think would be pick number ten for some combination of Bledsoe mm-hmm. and Adams and whatever. I I, I mm-hmm. would be willing to do it at this point. Yeah, definitely. If you can just get pick ten and you can take Giddy or somebody like that. Yeah, I'd be all over that. I think part of the biggest problem with Bledsoe, like people forget, like Bledsoe's not the worst player in the league. You know, he. He can play. I don't think he had he wanted any part of playing for the New Orleans Pelicans last year. I think that that's a fact. I don't know if the Thunder could talk him into just playing a role here, but I think it would be best for everybody if they could. But at that point, too, like, <laughs> are you going to play Shea, Dort, Kemba, Bledsoe? And, and that's why... Like, and then if you draft a guard, I mean, it's just so much. And that's why you don't play him that's why you 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 bite the bullet and you just buy him out and you do it because there's only that four million guaranteed on the second year and who yeah who cares i know i know they won't do it but i wish they would do something like that because it's not like you're getting you're you're getting a massive asset in this scenario if you're getting the 10th pick back yeah 
So yeah. and knowing that now, like I would rather trade for Bledsoe if if you give me the choice, I would rather trade for Bledsoe and just buy him out than trade for Adams mm-hmm. and have his contract for another mm-hmm. two years at the full number. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. John Grooms, not a scuttlebutt question, Andrew, but he'd love to know the combination of players that you would be most thrilled to come away with. Let's just say the the first three picks, six, sixteen, and eighteen. Realistic combination of players. What would be your your dream scenario? Oh no! What would be your dream scenario, Andrew? <laughs> oh no! Great, great. I mean, we're talking dreams. It would be that Jalen Suggs drops a six. Is that okay? That, no, is that that's okay to say? no. Th- this is realistic, based on everything oh. we know so far about what is most likely to happen. What would be yeah. your favorite combo of players? Six, sixteen, and eighteen. Okay, uh, I still might say Kaminga at six. Wow, wow! Just taking a swing, yeah, uh, and hoping that this development system can change some things for him. And at sixteen, I don't think it's realistic to think that Moses Moody's there, although he's been like mocked there um, at times. I just don't think it's realistic. I don't think that. I would agree. I, I don't. I don't know how you can evaluate them like that. What about Shangun? Is Shangun realistic at sixteen? I, I would say he he is. Yeah, I would say that's a realistic one. All right, give me Shangun at sixteen, and then I take Jared Butler at eighteen. Okay, Andrew, I want to make a correction. But, uh, Giannis went to Chick Fil A, not McDonald's. Well, praise the Lord just for that. Just wanted to let you know, give you an update there. Uh, yeah, that'd be a pretty. Because there's going to be guys who are currently mocked in the lottery that fall to those 16 and 18 picks. Um, Jared Butler yes. isn't one of those guys, but Shingun absolutely is. And so one of those guys will fall. So yeah. if you can get one of those guys that falls, and then if you know you really like someone like Jared Butler, I think that ends up being a nice mix of both floor and ceiling. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Floor and Ceiling, a great YouTube channel. Go check it out. Um, but <laughs> but that, that would be a, a really nice mix with Butler and Shangun, yeah. who you feel pretty good about are going to be something in the league. And then you have that definitely that high upside project in Kuminga. Yeah. And you just play Kuminga and Shangun a ton. One, because you're gonna have the minutes there for both of them. Cause you don't the Thunder don't have a lot of big wings and they don't have any big guys. So to me, you play those guys a ton with Shea and Dort and Poku, and you just try to figure out what you got, right? Right. And I, to me, that is a, a team that's not good, and but a team that has a ton of potential, and then you can cash in in 2022. You know, that would be right. the ideal. Um, Who'd you, who, who's your ideal? Um, uh, at this point, I would be excited I would be excited about either Moody or Book Knight at six. Um, honestly, I'd be excited with Giddy too. Kaminga, I would just be—I would be fine. I wouldn't be upset. I would buy into yeah. it quickly, but I wouldn't be yeah, like you talk. We thrilled. could talk ourselves into it. The day uh, on next Friday, we'd be totally in on it. Yeah, and I could imagine him looking way better in summer league than he ever looked for the G League night. Oh, oh! Did, I don't know if I've told everybody this, but I am going to summer league. And if, if they had Kaminga, Shangun, and Jared Butler at Summer League, I'd flip out. I'd be so excited. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Okay, watch so, that team. so I would go, um, well, you know, let me just stick with Moody. He's my guy. Stick with Moody at six. Okay. At 16, whew, I think, I, I actually really do like Isaiah Jackson. And then okay. 18, I want Jaden Springer. Who has been mocked right around there? You're a Springer, okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've been uh, more interested in him the more I've heard about him, to the point mm-hmm. where I'm kind of confused why he's going so late. But there's so many good players in this draft, so yeah. Uh, okay. Next question, JD Brown at JD Brown nine. What scuttlebutt would make you the most excited over the next eight days? If some, I, I think it's for, it's got to be trade up scuttlebutt, trade up from six, right? It's trade up scuttlebutt, or it's like 
the Raptors are locked into like giddy or something. Like if you if there's any way that Jalen Suggs could potentially fall to six, which I still don't, I, I still can't imagine him getting past both the Raptors and the Magic. Yeah. But if any scuttlebutt came out like that, you'd have to be excited. Oh, yeah. If the scuttle was uh, the Magic had Jalen Suggs in. And he was terrible for them. Yeah, you know? we need a bad interview Suggs article. He's just a terrible yeah, if, interview. Yeah, if, if the Magic are just like... Or the scuttle is the Magic love their guards. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Magic think RJ Hampton is the future of their point guard lineup. That would be also some scuttle that I would get excited about. Suggs, not long enough for the Magic. Hey, that could be a that could be a thing. That could definitely be a thing. Uh, but yeah, any any type of trade scuttlebutt, even if it was trading down, I would be excited because it's then like, whoa, they've identified someone and they're going to get an extra asset, and let's see what happens. Yeah. Why do we need an extra yeah. asset? Okay. Uh, Chris Bruffet could be Bruffet says, is Presty starting to leak more information? Or is he cashing in on the years of being so tight-lipped on some smoke screens? Or maybe just reporters are saying stuff. I mean, I do think these things come from somewhere. And when it's multiple people that you trust, like Vecini or Kevin O'Connor, I think there's something to that. I mean, I, I brought up the other day that KOC had Poku mocked to OKC like two weeks before the draft. When we were still – I mean, we knew about Poku, but we were still talking about other guys – and mm-hmm. I think that in that case, it was something where like when you put a, when you invest a lot in a guy that's like overseas and you have to do a lot to kind of interview that player and work them out, like eventually that stuff's going to come out. Like when you're one of the few teams that is like going hard after a specific guy, I think that that mm-hmm. sort of information comes out. Um, if you go back through their history, though, like outside of Baisley, they did telegraph some picks. So I don't think it's... Oh, yeah, it's happened a lot before. Yeah, so I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that this book night thing is just another example of that. But it could also be a smokescreen. We have no idea. So I think Sam has played it both ways going back. There's there's some teams yeah, where we, I feel like you can... Reggie Jackson. Like, people are all over the Reggie Jackson stuff. Yeah, for sure. Early. I do think there are teams like Golden State where you find out pretty much what they're going to do before every single draft. They just talk to mm-hmm. so many reporters. That's not really OKC, but they have had both. Um, all right. Maybe one more question, Andrew. I'm supposed to go to work. Yeah. Uh, KOC updated his mind. Oh, yes. So. Just in time. I don't have to go to work. Uh, <laughs> uh, six, Jonathan Kaminga. Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, tantalizing athlete who has raw skills that needs years of seasoning. Uh, so he's at six. Sixteen is Keon Johnson. He just oh, will not get off of this. Leave us yeah, alone. Keon going six to the Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> no, he hasn't been sixteen. Oh, it's oh so my funny. gosh! And he has a thing. Uh, <laughs> this is like the ultimate upside draft. This is the ultimate, and I think he's just using the the thought that. The Thunder want just swing, 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 you know. Um, I honestly don't even think Keon is that much of a swing, to be honest. I just don't think he's good. That's kind of my my feeling on Keon. Man, this is a, a weird uh, one. And then, yeah, it's a weird one. Kai Jones at 18. That's fine. Like I, I think Kai Jones has a ton of potential. Yeah, that's good value um, at 18. I'm f- fine with that. Yeah, that's fine. It's more just the combination of all big, these players. That's fine. Yeah, I would be I'd be nervous about that combo of players. I would be really nervous. And then the second round he has is taken uh Austin Reeves from OU, which is the complete opposite of the first round. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's like whatever, you know. Uh Daron Sharp Wait, wait a second, Andrew. Uh, You're reading the. Hmm. We were just reading his big board. The mock draft is. Oh. Yet. Oh, jeez. Well, how embarrassing is that? How embarrassing. 
It's the same. I mean, it's it's not the same thing, but it's kind of the same thing. Well, I was looking for scuttlebutt. There was no scuttlebutt as I was scrolling through, which usually he'll have something. So I guess we got to yeah. wait for that. Um, let's see if there's one more question. How, well, Dorcher Chamber, aka Thunder underscore Junkie, now that we know everyone that has worked out for the Thunder, how common it is, is it for OKC to draft someone that didn't have a workout in OKC? I don't actually know the answer to that. Do you remember any instances where, I mean, I don't remember being this invested when, like, Baisley was selected to the point where I would have even seen a like Baisley Instagram post. <laughs> no, Baisley was such a off the wall pick. I don't know that. I don't know if they had him in for a workout with certainty. I don't. I don't know. Um, I know they saw him in person. I'll say that. Like I know that he was probably at the combine. You know they're not going to take somebody without seeing them in person. Um, at least at the combine. So I. I would say it's very, very unlikely that they would do that, and that's relevant because the thing, the thing about it is that they're they're going to see them all. They're going to see all these guys in person. Like that's just going to be a thing. Well, the, the one that hasn't come out yet is Shen Goon, and that's one that I'm waiting on because yeah. he has started to do private workouts with teams, and yeah. that's someone that you hear people talking about him being an OKC guy, which may just be more just looking at what the Thunder are doing and fitting him in there, but. That's one that I'm interested in seeing if they work him out or not. Because I would be surprised if they yeah. didn't work him out and then drafted him. They will work him out. That will happen. They will work out everybody that's in the top 40. You know, that 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 will happen. Yeah. Certainly. Unless a player just says they're not going to come to OKC. Then I, I would be – uh, maybe I can answer the question now. I would be very surprised if they hadn't at least seen them in person or had them in for a workout if they would draft them. I would be very, very surprised. I don't think they're just going to go off like watching Synergy Sports or something. Like I just don't think that'll, that'll do. All right, Andrew. Well, so. we didn't get the KOC mock draft, but it's coming, and there's going to be some great scuttle that you're, you're going to get to talk about on Friday that I'm going to miss out on, which is, which is sad. Yeah. And then next week, it'll be the day before the draft. Can you imagine the type of scuttle we will be able to talk about the day before the draft? It's going to be the ultimate scuttle the day before the draft. It's going to be really fun. Uh, Sam Vecini and I are continuing to put out videos. We recorded two more yesterday that will be released uh, at some point in the next week. I, at least I hope so, or else they'll be absolutely worthless if not. Uh, well, maybe not. Maybe maybe people want to watch them after the draft to see what these guys are like. Uh, but, yeah, those will be out soon, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, Alex and I will be doing Saturday Slam and Jam this week. If you don't listen to that, you can subscribe to the Athletic NBA show. Um, I We're going to talk draft on on that episode. Like That's, that's what we will do uh, primarily. So... Get ready for that. Uh, I haven't told James this, but I'd like to get James Edwards back on the show to uh, discuss the Pistons picking one and maybe what's going on at the top of the draft. Mm. So prepare yourselves for that. That should be a really fun episode. And uh, we'll have another episode of Down to Dunk on Friday. So let's go over to the stream before we head out and see who is here with us. Hoopstock69 is here as always. Uh, Daniel Tomasi says Wasan from the UK. We have Lil Bit uh, saying, Bring on the draft party. Yes, join us at the draft party next Thursday. We'll be there at 6 o'clock. This will be at Fassler Hall, which is in downtown OKC. Uh, it'll be a super fun time. So come join us for that. Uh, let's see. Buster Nakamoto uh, is here. Tyler Field. Uh, Chad Scott is here. Uh, Wojciech from Poland joined us. Chad Scott is in downtown OKC. James Anderson is here. Uh, Malachi Hill is here. Miguel Devella is here. Jack 
AO is here. Let's see. Stay Jamaica joined us. David is asking if scuttlebutt is a word. Yes, it is. We talked about that. Penny Skillern is here. Bangelope, she's going to have some name tags for us on next Thursday. So check that out when you come write your Twitter handle or maybe what your YouTube handle is if you're not on Twitter. Uh, Kirk T uh, says, Giddy Gang. Uh, Nate Sanders is here. Phil Zoff. Uh, Braden Marshall has joined us. Will Burchett is here. Um, let's see. Who else have I not given a shout out to? Raka. We have first name. Uh, M. Webb has joined us. Sydney Hug is here. Zach uh, uh, Taranis is here. Alex is gone. See you, Al. Um, let's see. I've got 20 seconds more of this after music. Let's try to get as many as we can. Uh, Blue Diamond Gym. Um, Josh Goshner is here. Small Cup Crypto G. Morgan Stevens. Ross Patterson. Wes Gregg. Thank you all so much for joining. Please... Uh, oh, the song's over. I'm going to keep going. Again, join us at Fassler Hall next Thursday. It's going to be a great, great time to watch the draft with lots of other Thunder fans. Hope you guys are doing great. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.